Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of 3D Hangouts. My name is Noah Ruiz. I'm a designer here at Adafruit. And joining me every week is Mr. Pedro. Good morning, everybody. I'm Pedro Ruiz, creative tech here at Adafruit. And every week, we're here to share 3D printed projects featuring electronics from Adafruit. That's right. This is where we combine 3D printing, DIY electronics, and we smash them together <laughs> to make inspirational projects. Hello, everybody. We're hanging out in the Discord chat room. If anyone wants to join us live, you can do so by hitting up the Discord channel. The invite link for that is discord.gg slash Adafruit, or you could also use adafru.it slash discord. You get an invite there. We're hanging out in the live broadcast chat room. Live broadcast chat room. That's it right here in the sidebar. Got plenty of different chat rooms. And uh, hello, everybody. It's nice to see everybody and uh, do the show this week. Last week yes. was a big week. Shout out to everybody. Uh, thank you so much for everybody going out there and voting. We have some blog posts. I am. Check it out. So uh, Phil's been posting stuff up. This is a really nice one. The uh, Biden-Harris transition site is up, so you can check that out. Uh, also, PT's been posting some videos and imagery of what it was like in New York City, so definitely check that out. Sights and sounds from all over the globe, I'm sure. There's an impressive drone show. It was mind-blowing so to see. Awesome. It was like, oh, this is pretty damn cool. So I think those are the same ones that were at Disney Springs a couple years ago. Maybe, perhaps. We definitely want to see that again. If you want more info on it, PT's got a blog post here. Yeah. Or Ben. Sorry, sorry Ben. So that was awesome. Let's uh, go ahead and, and run through kind of the, the morning uh, shindig stuff. I want to say why we weren't here last week. Yeah, it sure. It was your birthday. So I had we birthday. were out celebrating right on election day. So we were at Face Disney, time. of course, with our masks on, socially distanced, of course. So that's what we were. We will always be able to do the show unless there is a baby being born. A birthday, Fair. a hurricane, which we have one coming in a couple hours now, so we'll try to get through this show, yeah. hopefully without any uh, power outages, or if we have painting going on in the house, or yeah. if we have installations going on, Mold. otherwise <laughs> we'll always do the show. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thank you. We do the show every Wednesday at uh, this time at 11 a.m. The projects will be released every week. So yeah, we there's always projects. <laughs> yeah, so we have two projects to catch up on. So let's get to it. Yes. Uh, we're hanging out in the Discord chat room. Please join us. Say hello. I'm saying hello to everybody. Good morning, everybody. Hiya, hanging hiya. out on the Facebooks, <laughs> on the YouTubes, on the LinkedIn's, on the Periscopes, on the Discords. Yeah. Cool. Let's jump into the first thing. For housekeeping, Adafruit Holiday Shipping 2020, we're going to have a list of all the days that, uh, that you need to get your orders in by if you want to get them before the holidays. Which you won't have to worry about if you Do put those now. orders in right now. Do so now. I get to show this lovely image. Thanks, thank you, Bruce Yan, for posting this up. Um, every year uh, we get reminded, yeah, we need to get our stuff in stock and get ready. It's snowing, background, Adabot's got the box. Cool. So check it out. We'll have a, we'll have a Adafruit dot com slash shipping will get updated uh, probably later today. The Circuit Python meetings happen every Monday at 2 p.m. This is a great time for folks to come together, folks in the community, folks that are working on Circuit Python. They come together, they chat for about an hour and a half. Uh, it's done in the Discord chat room, so you can join in live every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. It gets posted as an archive on on the YouTube channel, um, and you can check out the playlist as well. So very, very fun time there. Newsletters, we have a newsletter that happens uh, once a week. So go to adafruit.com slash newsletter. You get uh, details on all the new products that are added weekly, because they are added weekly. And then for daily content, adafruitdaily.com, you can subscribe to all the different um, categories Letters. of maker stuff. For example, 3D printing, uh, Python on hardware, maker business, biohacking, and much, much more. So check That's those right. out. We have these awesome new 
uh, this new of 3D Hangouts, oh, the return. I guess that error was uh, a connection error, huh? But yeah, maybe it was. I mean, I didn't really read the error, but here we are. So cool. We weren't too far. We were talking about this lovely poster. Um, thank you, Bruce Ann, for creating these posters. So if you guys want to print it out, there's a link in Twitter that you can download. And third time's a charm. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to 3D Hangouts. We're just going to jump right into the project. We were talking about the COVID poster, but that shot is um, kind Kelly of breaking some stuff. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I don't like that poster. It doesn't like the poster. That's funny. In any manner, uh, let's jump into this week's project. So, go to the <laughs> go to the learn guide learn.adafruit.com. You can see this is a project that released on Friday. Um, so check it out if you are interested in uh, monitoring the air quality around your area. You can use this project uh, to monitor the air in your area. Like I said, uh, it's an it's an uh, uses Adafruit I/O to log the data, so you can uh, keep track of. Uh, how the temperature changes and how the uh, the air quality index changes over time. So you can check it out. Brent, uh, huge shout out to Brent. He uh, created this project uh, a couple weeks or maybe a month ago. Uh, and this one just takes it and adds a little bit fun to it by 3D printing a case and having two separate uh, types of sensors that you could use. So these air quality sensors, really hot right now, hard to keep them in stock, but definitely sign up via, uh, via email so you can get notified via email when they're back in stock. So we got a nice image here that shows you the two setups that you can use. Both of these air quality sensors are from Plan Tower. Uh, the first one is the PMS5003, and we pair that one with the BME280. You do need to solder the breakout board. It doesn't have a Stemma connector on it, um, and it has like this little adapter board and a little extension cable, so that works fine. The Second model is the PMSA003i, and that is paired with the BME680, which does have Stemma ports on it. This is uh, an Adafruit breakout, so both of those breakout boards have uh, the Stemma ports on it, so they link and daisy chain together via a little Stemma cable. Very, very easy to set those up, not much soldering required, and you still have those pinouts on the side there, so it's really cool. Uh, so those are the two setups that you could use. Um, I think they have the exact same type of air quality sensing, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> so this learn guide um, walks you through uh, the assembly, and uh, you can follow um, you can follow Brent's guide on setting up Adafruit I/O. Uh, although, I th yeah, I also had linked that in here too, so you can kind of bounce between both. You don't have to bounce between both learn guides because it, all of the code and setup is is uh, also documented in this learn guide. Shout out to Brant for doing that. <laughs> so there you go. All right, we're going to walk through the circuit diagram real quick. So there's two different setups. We show them both here. Uh, you can see we're using for both setups, we're using the doubler feather wing. That way, we can easily plug in an airlift and a feather M4 uh, side by side, and they fit nicely in the enclosure. Um, plenty of pinouts and things for extra sensors if you want to add more sensors or components or lights or whatever. So that's nice and broken out like that. For wiring, you just need to wire up. If you, have, if you want to go with the BME280, this one um, shows you how to wire that up. And we have some nice labels here as well um, for uh, wiring up the, uh, either the BME280 or the 680. So you can just walk through that, follow the images, um, and wire it up that way. Uh, since this project is being USB powered, you kind of have to fashion your own USB connector, or USB cable rather. So I kludged together a couple of my old 30-pin iPhone cables. So I cut those up and soldered them up. They make really good cables. We'll never need a 30-pin. I know, right? Yeah, just cut the connector <laughs> off, and you can make it whatever you want. So that's cool. little tip there if you want uh, cables, <laughs> nice long extension cable. Yeah. Oh, I'm in wiring. All right, then setting up your Adafruit I.O. account, this walks you through that. It's very simple. You can create new feeds and a dashboard, and this just walks you through creating all the different things. So we got a couple different categories, the AQI, which is the air quality index, the categories, so that'll tell you if it's good, bad, or hazardous, and more. Uh, the humidity, it's like just a value, and the temperature, which is you can do it in uh, Fahrenheit or Celsius. So that's cool. And that just walks you through all the lovely screenshots and whatnot. Very cool. And we're using some gauges and stuff to give us a visual uh, indicator for our humidity and pressure. 
And so what does it look like? These graphics are a little out of date since we just had a big rollout of I.O. this morning. We'll yeah. do a nice little walkthrough video, I think, probably for next week. For sure. But for now, Brent has put together a nice walkthrough on Twitter, as you can see here. Uh, first up, groups of data feeds are more refined or defined. <laughs> so you can see here that the UI is a little bit changed here. So you can check that out. They've got some new buttons um, in the dark mode. So you can turn that on and off, which is nice. And uh, more to come. So check that out. Thanks, Brent, for posting up the, the sort of walkthrough here on your own Twitter. And uh, here is my dashboard right now. Hopefully I can. There we go. Uh, I have the, since I have it right in front of me, I don't have it connected. Um, so I took it off. So the data hasn't been polling today. But you can see here uh, our air quality is, uh, is doing all right. I, I can't get it go higher than like, I don't know, 20 or so, which is pretty good. So we're in a decent area where, when it comes to air quality. Uh, but if you need to monitor air quality, you, uh, you can do so. Yeah, cool. One of the spots that we put this in was in the 3D printing room. We were pleased to see that the air filters that we have in there- They're working. Doing, they're doing their job. Yeah. Yeah. We should uh, turn them off and see that now. All right, cool. So there's the uh, there's my dashboard. I'll be checking in on it every uh, so often. All right, back over to the learn guide. Where am I? There I am. All right, cool. So you can walk through all those to set up your dashboard. The next page is walks you through setting up CircuitPython. You need a handful of libraries. This is a list of all the libraries that you need. Um, cool thing is the. Uh, both of the air quality sensors use the same library. That's the Adafruit PM25 library. So that's cool. Setting up your internet connections, just making, um, adding your, your home SSID, your Wi-Fi credentials into your secrets file. So that just walks you through that. And a Wi-Fi test if you want to test that out. So it's a nice thorough way to test your Wi-Fi with your ESP32. The code usage page walks you through, um, I guess, setting up the secrets file and finding your uh, longitude and latitude and your elevation. So you can pop those into um, your, your code. And there's the code. You can walk through it. It's nicely commented. Um, it's set up so you can change it out, uh, the pinouts, if you have a different setup. You can do that. And huge shout out to Brent for posting it up. Screenshot of what your library folder needs to look like. That's always useful when you're putting together a project. It's very helpful to have a visual reference. Here is if you're ch changing between um, the BME 680 and the BME 280, you can modify that here. You just comment out some stuff. So cool, cool. And uh, there you go. All right. Let's see. The next stuff is 3D printing. All right, so no supports required for this stuff. Yay, got all the file names there. Um, I have a step file and the Fusion 360 files if folks want to download the original design with all the sketches. Um, normally I do some snap fit stuff. Um, this one is reliant on heat inserts. So uh, this makes it so that the threads are metal, brass particularly, so that you can you can uh, you can do excessive, you know, threading. Like you can take the screw out multiple times, and it's not going to wear out your 3D print because you have brass inserts. Hurrah! So uh, we used to do quite a bit of these, and we a couple of years ago we put together a rig that uses a soldering iron and a piece of 2020 extrusion and like a pulley to kind of make a nice little rig for making that easier. Because I've run into some issues um, with heat sets um, and we did it so well that we actually stock um, a heat set insert for soldering irons. This is going to work with like the Haku style. And we also stock brass heat inserts too. Um, so that's really nice. Oh no, we're out of stock. We need to get more brass inserts. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, you can, you can uh, check out our guide on heat set rig. Cool. I posted the link to the learn guide to get all of the parts and the files you need to make your own. Sweet. I got lucky with this one because like the uh, there's a clearance, there's a height clearance for the rig. You can obviously make it as tall as you want. And uh, I had about probably like a quarter of an inch of clearance, maybe even less than that. So it like worked just fine. I had like that much clearance because wow. it's, a, it's a fairly tall case. Um, so 
nice. Uh, th thankful I didn't have to like rework the design or anything. Like for tall items, I, I fear that that would be an issue. Anyway, it worked out great. So good stuff there. All right, and then when it comes to the assembly, um, so to keep this kind of waterproof, we have these cable glands, and they're designed to waterproof, um, I guess, cable connections for panel-mounted stuff. So I got one of these. This is a uh, PG7 cable, and uh, that fits right into the hole in the side of the case. So that fits in there. I have a little NinjaFlex ring as well that I printed that uh, kind of press fits into the hole, and then the cable gland press fits into that. And the cable gland has like some internal um, rubber gasket stuff that keeps it nice and uh, in that way. But because the the way it's kind of made, you kind of have to cut off your uh, your main connector from the cable so you can actually route the cable through through the cable gland. So that's if you look at this photo here, you can see that uh, I've threaded the cable, and you just see the uh, the four wire connections there for USB. So then once you th actually thread it through the thing, then you can solder your, uh, your micro USB connector or USB-C connector if you are using a USB-C board. Uh, in this case, we're using the M4, which probably will get a USB-C port at some point. So there you go. Now to mount this thing onto another thing, like, like the, side, the side of your house or somewhere, you can use uh, the mounting plate. The mounting plate is designed to kind of be offset from the case to allow for the battery connector and the roof uh, to have clearance there. So I have these tall standoffs. They're, they're M3 standoffs. They're 20 millimeters in length. Um, and then I can use some, uh, some hex nuts uh, to secure that to the case. So if you look inside the case, I have these, um, these little uh, hexagonal um, recesses uh, right behind the four mounting holes. That way it can kind of hold and cap nut it in place while you fasten uh, the, the MF standoffs. So those are cool. I, I really like how that came out. <laughs> and they can use four um, screws to, to attach the, uh, the mounting plate to those tall standoffs. Yeah, so that's pretty much how you set up the case. Um, definitely want to set up the wire first before installing all the components inside of it. That's just kind of like a thing to do. Doing that last would not be good, great. <laughs> All right, so for uh, mounting the Featherwing Doubler inside of the case, I have this little PCB mount, a little bit of a plate, and we're using some M25 standoffs and screws uh, to elevate it away from the, uh, from the PCB mount. So those are just a couple hand, you know, four of those mounted up. It's got some openings so you can thread cables through and you still have access to the pinouts. That's always nice to have. Um, and yeah, I'm just installing the feather wings at this point. They just press fit into the, uh, into the, into the headers of the, of the doubler, feather wing doubler. All right, and then so the bottom piece, um, the design supports those two different sets of sensors. So I had to make two different bottoms. So the first bottom is uh, securing the, uh, the air quality sensor, the PMS A003i and the BME680. So uh, because of the orientation of where uh, the fan is and where the, the intake is, I had to mount it in this kind of different orientation. Um, so I have this extra little bracket that uses two screws to secure it in place. Um, so I have I set it up that way. So you can see here how I you want to orient the, the air sensor so that the little fan is pointing down and there's a cutout at the bottom. You just want to line up those cutouts so that it's oriented correctly. So there's that piece. The, um, the BME 680 uh, gets secured facing down um, because that's where the sensor is. And we need to expose the sensor. So there's a little hole in the center of those standoffs. And that's, uh, that's where it is. This is a good, good note, Pedro. You can flip it upside down and see the bottom here. So those are the only things that we had to expose. This is the fan, the intake, and then there's the little uh, uh, pressure temperature sensor there at the bottom. So there's how that's set up. Cool. And back over to the learn guide, you can see um, the inside of it. Sweet. And I just referenced the photo for like the right orientation. I think it's symmetrical, but maybe it's not. So check it out. All right, and that's how you set that up. Uh, really easy to wire this. 
Um, I have the stomach cable going on the, on the side here, going out of the BME and into the other stomach connector on the side of the, of the air quality sensor. And that's how that's set up. And then we have another uh, cable here that's wired into the bottom of the doubler feather wing. So then for the second set of sensors, we're, we want to secure the BME 280 first with just two screws because there's only two mounting holes in there. And uh, you want to do it in this orientation. And you can see here, uh, there's a bit of a holder uh, for uh, the PMS5003 air quality sensor. And that one just gets press fitted in there. It's, it's bigger, bulkier, and I didn't need an extra bracket here for this. So I just kind of press fit it in and it has a nice snug fit. Um, but folks, if you've worked with these air sensors, you might notice like, hey, that looks a little different. Where's the blue color? The blue color of the sensor is just like a, is like a protective sheet. As I was playing and figuring out tolerances, like I ripped those right off. So I ripped them all off. So it's fine, <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah. Folks who play with them, they probably know what I'm talking about. Brent, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> like I just ripped off the blue sleeve. It didn't, doesn't matter, scratch it up, it's all good. Uh, so to connect this, uh, there's an extra connector that it comes with, the, the PMS 5003 that has an extra little breakout thing. I managed to like stick it onto the bottom of the PCB mount. That made it really nice. I'm happy how that came out. So if you look here, let me make a big shot of it so y'all can see it. So that there's this little adapter board that comes with the, the air quality sensor, the PMS5003. And here you only have four wire connections and then a whole slew of connectors come out here and this cable comes with it as well. And then it connects into this slot. It's keyed so you can't put it in wrong. So that's nice. Um, but yeah, I ended up using those uh, glue dash sheets. Those little glue sheets that, those little sheets, sheets of adhesive that we, that came with Adavox 16, like I used that to secure this PCB to the bottom of the PCB mount. I thought that was clever because it uh, keeps it contained or something, so that looks keeps nice. Keeps the part slow so you don't have to make another bracket for it. Yeah, and there's no manning holes on that thing, so what are you going to do? <laughs> so that's cool. Uh, and then once that's all put together, you can kind of shove it into the, <laughs> into the case. There's just two tabs on the sides and, and inside the case, and just line that up with your, uh, your PCB mount and you want to orient it so that uh, the USB connector has a clearance for this thing. So one of the last things you do before like setting it in place is to grab the USB connector and plug it into the feather. It's kind of tight spacing in there. So you want to make sure um, you have that connected. Because if you look at these two photos, it's kind of out of place here. Like this photo I took after I figured like, oh, I need to actually plug in USB first. <laughs> so that's why the connector is missing there. Yep. All right, and then um, once that gets in there, that's secure. The PCB mount is secured to the tabs on the inside, and remember those tabs on the inside of the case have those brass heat inserts, so you get a nice solid um, secure fit. So that's cool, and then the bottom can get fitted in after that. Whichever sensor you just kind of orient it right, however you want, and now uh, there you go. Turn it on. I'm using these thumb screws at the bottom. And uh, then the top is a screw top, so you can uh, play with that. So let me, let me look at it now. Um, so the top here can come out. Just screw it up a little bit, screw it out. So that's there. There's our lovely sensor. You can still access the feather. You can unplug that if you want. Um, so that's cool. I don't even have the USB connector in there, so I'd have to kind of snake this out. There's plenty of room in there, so you can just snake that out. There's my DIY little connector. I love these things. They're like the smallest uh, connector you can make yourself. So you just solder that up and then you connect it like that. And then you can pull this out a little bit, make it more taut. And then you can snap it on there and plug it into the wall. There you go. And then for the bottom, um, we got these thumb screws so it makes it easy to, uh, to take them out. Take that out. It's super okay to keep doing this over and over and over again because we've got those brass inserts there. So this just pops out super easy and clean. 
Um, there's our extra bracket that we were talking about. You got two screws there on the side to keep it in place so it doesn't come out. Um, because it's oriented that way, you really need to have it oriented this way. So I was like, oh no, can I use that stomach connector? You totally can. There's another stomach connector there that's inaccessible because of the way it's oriented. But hey, you, that's why Lamar puts two of them, because she thinks about things. And there's uh, the BME 680, the hot new uh, Stemma board. <laughs> and then this is like kind of the out. This one connects in directly into the, uh, into the thing. You can see here, I still have the other air quality sensor, the PMS5003, that little adapter board, still there just in case if I ever need to kind of switch between them. But the code and the library handles both of them, so just change that if you need to in the comment. Um, ribbon cables for everything, just about. This is a silicone ribbon cable. Love those. My favorite to work with. And then, of course, the stomach cable um, is its own thing, and it already comes in this. I didn't have to resolder that or anything, so that's great. Cool. So this goes in like that. And then uh, line up those holes. There's not too much of a of slop there, but pretty simple assembly, I think, or I hope. Yeah, and it looks like awesome. a cute house. Yeah, for sure. If, if folks want to design a different thing, we have uh, components. We have 3D models of all these components, so folks can have at them. Um, yep, I posted links to the fritzing objects as well as the CAD that are on our GitHub. The roof is, is something interesting. Uh, originally, I didn't have it as a house. I just had it as a basic cylinder. And with that, I, had, I thought I'd cut out a piece of acrylic and open this top here. So these are like the exact same threads, but like look how different they are, right? Exact same threads. This is a little piece of acrylic that I milled on the Bantam tools. So I got that. I also printed a NinjaFlex gasket, like an O-ring. So that fits in there, just to give it that extra seal. So now like if you want to put that on there, it's super easy and you can see the electronics in there. So if you had like a light in there or something, when you turn it on, you can, you can have that, have a nice cool effect. So it doesn't have to be a house. You can, I guess remove all the house bits if you want to, or keep it like this. I look at it as an indicator to see if there's any moisture getting in there. Oh yeah, for sure. That's a good idea, yeah. Give it a nice tight fit. And there you go. The, the Ninja Flex gets a nice uh, nice uh, seal there. Could probably do one down here too, but I haven't done that yet. And then uh, this right here, I guess you could add some hot glue if you're really paranoid about moisture getting in. You can hot glue that as well. And then everything is pretty much closed. So you gotta have these exposed though because uh, where's it gonna get the air from? Mm -hmm. So that's one of the challenges there. Be cool if you could open the storage and then let little elves inside, that'd be great. Ah. Nice yeah. little project to mm -hmm. even have your kid paint or something as a nice little extra art project, finishing yeah, it up. Yeah, for sure. I think this took like three or four hours to print, maybe five, I don't remember. It looks like a five hour print. Yeah, it's probably like five hours or so, but look at the overhang, it looks great. Pretty Not too cool. Bad. We have some people asking what 3D printer, do you prefer for making the enclosures? Whatever uh, we you use, got. We use yeah. them all. Cruelty, Cruelties, uh, Ultimakers, Flash Forges, Prusa. This is literally a Frankenstein. Like this was printed on the Inventor, this was printed on the Ultimaker, this was printed on, I don't know, something else. <laughs> so. And even different models of it, like a right. Ultimaker 3, an Ultimaker 5. Yeah. Flash Forge, Inventor, the, good. the CR10. Uh, V2 and the CR10S Pro. Cool. And then uh, Mr. Certainly Bruce is saying that he's interested in how the glue sheets uh, will fare if exposed to temperature and yeah, humidity differentials. See. Yeah, for sure, we'll see. It's a little gummy, as Lamar was saying. When I, um, yeah, it's a little gummy. So it maintains alcohol. its stickiness. It does, yeah. Like I, I ripped off one of the uh, black LED acrylic. That's right. And was able to put another yeah. sheet on, and it yeah. still was able to hold on. I put it in the garage, and like it touched a plastic bag, and now it doesn't work because guess what happened to the plastic uh, bag? It's like permanently off. bonded to it, yeah. so it's like okay. So be careful with those glue sheets. Yeah, if you need to fully remove them, I think alcohol is a good way to get rid of the residue. Mm -hmm. So you could always do that. But that's the air quality sensor project. Thanks, folks, for checking it out on the YouTubes. It's performing well, which is surprising to me. But hey, there you go. Got the learn guide. Shout out to Brent and the whole IO team for making this possible. Um, our whole goal was to make a better version of the purple air sensor, an which is like $200. Source an open source one. So um, I, it heavily um, 
reference the design of their purple air sensor. It's just like a it's just like a pipe that's on the side of your house. So hopefully I had some fun here and made it look nice. That be a lesson you close source something. We're gonna make it better. We're gonna make <laughs> yeah, it make open it source and make it better. That's funny. We're like Robin Hoods. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and then. Uh, Mark Gambler is saying that he had some luck coding his electronics for outside in Chorus mm. Onyx. He's uh, aiming those uses for boats and ships, but uh, he's seen him demoed from RC paint, uh, RC mm. planes. Yeah, so I've uh, get wet. Yeah, we uh, one of our first cases here that that's kind of semi wet weatherproof, so that's mm -hmm. that's nice to note too. I didn't, never worked with cable glands before, so. There's a nice and and Brent's project. Uh, you can make this full project without any 3D printing. You gotta we gotta yeah, remind we folks have about that. A, a box um, that we have in the shop that is pretty water resistant or waterproof. Let's just type in uh, has like air. the seals and all that in there. Yeah, yeah. And George is interested in the temperature operation range for the sensors. It's getting pretty chilly in Canada. Oh, he says. that's a good uh, thing to look out for. Yeah, um, there's a data sheet we can look yep. at, and maybe it's in the product page. Uh, but yeah, this enclosure here is a weatherproof enclosure, so folks want to check that out. We do have uh, some enclosures yep. ready to go. You can fit uh, a pie or a metro. Definitely a feather fits in there. Yep, he has one in there with a doubler, I believe. Yeah, he's, he's got, got a, a doubler guide. in there. So shout out to Brent for like uh, getting that together with like just off-the-shelf parts and uh, awesome, excellent. Yeah. We're, we're marrying the same code pages from these two guides. So if you want to go 3D printing or go with like a, an injection molded case, go for it. Check them out. And uh, yeah, and your Adafruit I.O. is free for like a couple limited dashboards, but you can, mm -hmm. you can play with it. Yeah, there's enough to play with for a while, so. Cool, there you go. There's the air quality sensor projects. Yay. All right. Everybody was liking that one. Thank you, guys. Sweet. Can't wait. Fun to work on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to put it back out in the house because mm -hmm. uh, we got this yeah, hurricane a, coming, and like I'd love to see how it fares. So we had to make sure everything was out we of the way. We had a controlled fire. We forgot to mention we had a controlled yeah. fire, and I do see a spike at, at certain times in our data when this uh, happens. So it's super cool. Um, we're able to plan when to walk. You could you could definitely set alerts so you can get SMSs or something or an email. Uh, when it goes a certain value, so that could be really helpful too. Super cool. All right. All right. And that is last week's project. Let's All go right. ahead this and jump week. into this week's project this as week? we catch up here. This week's second. project is an awesome case for the Braincraft hat. We are using the object recognition um, test from TensorFlow on this one. So uh, Phil Lamar showcased this a couple months ago. We wanted to make a uh, nice enclosed uh, little enclosure that has everything contained inside of it and even made it a little bit portable so you can walk around your house and test out some object recognition with TensorFlow. So we jump over to the overhead. You can see what it looks like. It's this nice little guy here. We the BrainCraft hat has this super awesome, nice little uh, screen here so you can actually uh, see the console on there. It paired with one of these little keyboards that we have in the shop and you're able to run commands on there and if we get focused on there you can see the rest of the build we have the updated Raspberry Pi high quality camera works That's, with both. It works with both. Yeah. I'm talking about the case though. Right. The project yeah. that we did a couple yeah, weeks sure. ago was for the Raspberry Pi high quality camera. Took that, modified it so we could attach not only the high quality camera that you have right there It'll also uh, work quality. with the regular little camera. I think it'll work with the spy cam as well. Just gotta update the mounts. Looks a little bit different than it did in the video because Noah updated this to use the acrylic uh, front acrylic, face there. Yeah, 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 we can talk about you it. You can easily 3D print that as well though. Uh -huh. And we just have this hooked up through a USB through a little battery bank. So the BrainCraft hat has a ton of features on there like stereo out. You have your joystick, you have a uh, Dot star, uh, new pixels on there for like voice recognition, and of course has two can... microphones, a left and a right microphone, a left and a right speaker port. There's a uh, Stemma speaker. Um, I mean Stemma sensor, a sense port, so it's the bigger Stemma, and on and on, a physical on-off switch for all audio, so you can turn off all of audio with this little switch. We broke that out here. You got your five-way joystick. 
an extra button as well, and um, the dot stars is there as, mm -hmm. as well there. All the ports are accessible, so that's really nice. Um, you have your option, like Pedro said, you can use whichever Pi camera you want. Pi camera V2 is the, is the non-HQ quality camera, and this is the HQ quality camera. A little bit heavier. This has a built-in tripod um, screw. S this one does not, so what did we do? We created our own tripod adapter. It's mounted there with some M25 standoffs. We stock um, these uh, tripod screw inserts um, because we always use them. <laughs> oh, and there's a tripod right there. So Pedro just launched it. He ran a couple scripts in terminal. He's SSH'd into the Pi right now. So it's on our network. And um, you can run this uh, without the Wi-Fi, right? It's all doing it on board. Uh, so we walked down the street where I'm sure the Wi-Fi cannot reach and it was yeah. identifying objects. And that's the whole point. This is like local kind of, lo local, local whatever. So you see the camera feed, you can see the, you can see the camera feed. It tells you with audio what it thinks it sees. It updates the, um, there's some text on screen as well that it gets displayed. And you can see on the terminal too, all of the objects that it thinks it's seeing. So right. it's a nice little way to uh, run your projects portably. And Does it's it know pretty what this good is? at recognizing a bunch of objects, although, it, of course, it's always funny when it gets it wrong. Yeah, I thought our hot tub was a, thought our hot tub was a toilet seat, because <laughs> I can see how that looks like a toilet seat. Yeah, so some people were asking what the tripod that we're using here. I posted the link to the Amazon. Yeah, I made sure to link in Amazon. Um, if you go to the Learn Guide, I have them here, too. The, down here is the, the mini tripod stand and the mini ball head. I'd love to stock these, but we are uh, ramping up other things. But yeah, this is a really small, um, really small tripod stand, and this is the mini ball head that can support like a pound or two. Oh, look, it has a DSLR on there. It's kind of heavy. So yeah, these are my favorite little go-to things, tripod things for these projects particularly. So Hi, I keep seeing the tripod. Yeah. I think one of the coolest things was it was able to identify different dog breeds. So since we have like a mixed our dog, there he is. Yeah, we have a mini Saluki. He's over there. He joins us every week, and uh, you can't see him, but you'll probably hear him. Oh, them. you'll see him. Right there, he's Saluki. Saluki. <laughs> since he is a mix, it sees all of the different breeds of what it thinks it is. Oh, you were, you were showing him, right? I was. Yes. Yeah. There he is. What do you think he is? What are you, Rufio? Aw, the pupper's like, come on, guys. Saluki. This a wasn't saluki. a part of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> He's a saluki. I need to get paid extra Shout for out this. to the, the, the Starbucks barista who told us, is that a saluki? And we're like, what? We thought he was a chihuahua or something. <laughs> yeah, we got some DNA tests on him, and yeah. it was all wrong. Yeah, it said he was, he was a <laughs> chihuahua. But in any manner, this thing knows it's a, he's a saluki, so that's mm -hmm. great. So this is super awesome to have it's a pretty, tiny little Raspberry Pi camera. You walk around with object recognition on there. Yeah. Run in TensorFlow. So let's go ahead and look at the guide. You can kind of hear the, uh, the fan, the fan yeah. going on there. Yeah, so, so we put together a 3D model of the BrainCraft hat. And you can see here all the components are on there. It comes with that fan. It's a little 5 volt fan. Plugs into the port on the side there. Um, lots of components on board. Lots of breakouts. You still have all the pinouts for your breakouts. So you can expand on this. Um, but yeah, same mounting holes uh, as the Pi, fits right on top. Good time. You can check out the 3D model, and it's uh, linked in the Learn Guide for the BrainCraft hat. And then uh, we'll go ahead and switch over to the Learn Guide and uh, walk through it a little bit. Start posting links for all this. Yep, so it looks like we have the Pi 4 in stock right now. Particularly, this is for the Pi 4. It's not going to work on the 3, right? No, Under power. no, no. And just yesterday, we had some 8 gigabyte Raspberry Pi 4 there it is. Red Bs in stock. Oh, wait, so that's the camera. Yeah. Definitely pick that up. Yeah, maybe we should link to that, too. We're linking to the 2 gig model, which is like the $35 version. Mm -hmm. All right. But yeah, we, uh, we stock both cameras. You can get the V2 camera right now, but looks like we're out of stock for the high quality camera. A lot of folks picked that one up, so maybe they got it. Um, yep. So those are mainly all the parts you need. There's some extra things I guess you could get if you want to get like the tripod screw and stuff. You can do that. Oh man, I need to add the tripod screw. I forgot to add it. We just type in tripod in, um, in the Adafruit shop. You can see all the tripod stuff we do stock. So there's that screw that, um, that I really like. 
it's a, a three eighths um, to a quarter twenty. So those are nice. Those are nice too. And back over here. All right. So there's some parts. Cool. So I got three D printing. Um, just a couple of things. Here's what the PCB mount looks like if you 3D print it. Interesting thing about 3D printing versus CNC milling, particularly this design, like if you look at the, the PCB mount, it pretty much looks like this, right? It's just like this super skinny thing. And it's designed for 3D printing because you don't want to print a whole faceplate because then you're spending more time printing it. With the acrylic, you want to leave as most material as you can. So in this case, that's why this entire faceplate is uh, filled in and not cut out, because then I'd be wasting all this time cutting out all this stuff. And it looks beautiful. The acrylic just looks beautiful. Like just gas mask. Gas mask? <laughs> that's oh, a hat. Funny. That's funny. But no, it really is a gas mask. Um, so that was a fun thing to kind of uh, to, to think about CNC and, and 3D printing for this one particular part. Um, and it works with the case. So the, the frame that snap fits into the back frame and the cover all snap fit. And then the front, you get this nice um, thing. And if you use like a different color acrylic, you can get a different look. So this is that passion pink acrylic that is uh, nice and frosted. So diff playing around with different pieces of acrylic is always fun. And uh, there you go. So if folks want to download the STLs and 3D print that, you can. Um, and then you can also download the source files. Huge shout out to uh, the GrabCAD community. I was able to find um, the 3D models of the Pi and the Pi cameras um, on GrabCAD. So I, I linked to those files if folks want to reuse them. And I, of course, I also linked to the BrainCraft hat, which you can download from GitHub or the Learn Guide. Um, since I did end up milling out the, uh, the front uh, PCB mount, like the faceplate, um, I have an SVG file so folks can laser cut it, um, Cree cut it, um, CNC mill it. Print it out 2D and trace it on a cardboard. Yeah, and cut it out with like wood or something. As long as it's like around three millimeters, it should work out with everything, like the standoffs and stuff. So that's cool. But I expect folks to, uh, to 3D print it. And here's a, an image of what you just saw, like with the acrylic. And then... Um, because it was funny, like I did this yesterday as like an extra credit thing. That always happens. That always happens. Yeah. <laughs> Originally, it was just going to be like this. Once we're in production mode, we can't really change anything since we're, everything's being filmed and documented. Yeah. But here's, I mean, it looks cool, right? Like the PCB mount. Mm -hmm. But boy, does it look amazing with acrylic. Yeah. 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 So there's that. And it's a really short guide. It, it's not going to walk through the software because that's like a standalone guide. Yeah, so there's linked. two guides that you're going to need to uh, check out for prerequisites. It's setting up the Raspberry Pi, yeah. and then one for running the TensorFlow object recognition test. Shout out um, for Melissa for putting this together. It's yeah, a great one. Uh, very handy. Um, I'm not a coder. I don't read Neither code like good at all. And I was able to follow this and set this whole thing up. Raspberry Pi, you know, can do a little, you know, yeah, it can like, be a pain in the butt to, no, it starts to from the beginning, and huh? get all the commands correct and get all the, the blink libraries correct. I did uh, fail, I think, twice getting it in, but I just re-ran the scripts um, and it was able to work. Uh, it only took me like two tries to get it to work. And if I could do it, <laughs> the designer video guy, right. uh, you should be able to set this up. It is yeah. such a pleasure to have it running and um, just, you know, just the possibilities of some of the things you could do. You can like run Octopi on there and have like, a, I don't know, some sort of uh, op object recognition. If it sees like your print is failing, maybe tell the printer to stop or that pause. Would that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so with a uh, little code snippets and um, the screenshots, you could definitely put this together, copy and paste into your terminal. And uh, yeah, how did you set it up? Did you have an external monitor? And so yeah, I had both. I had an external mon monitor just to make sure that all of the processes were happening or that it, that the Pi is even on because all the in only indications you get is like, you know, LEDs flashing. Right. So I took, or I just grabbed off the shelf uh, a couple years ago, you made this really cool portable, uh, it's a five inch monitor? I think so, five so, or seven. Uh, it has a power boost. Uh, 1000C inside here with a battery, so it is Keep all your portable. Camera there you go. You have to give it a second. So yeah, this has a built-in battery and a power boost. 
uh, HDMI out, micro USB-C for recharging. Very slim too. Yeah, um, super slim. I mean, you can get an HDMI monitor cheap these days. Um, I think this is like 150 bucks or maybe 100 bucks. I'm gonna say the prices has to have dropped on these. We have the DIY uh, HDMI cables and connectors that we have in the shop as well, super handy. And then we just have an adapter for the micro or nano HDMI connectors that uh, the Raspberry yeah. Pis use. Micro HDMI or something. Yeah. Or mini HDMI, they're different. Yeah, micro and mini are pulled different. I think it's micro. micro. I think it's, it's micro then. Yeah, micro is smaller than mini. Mm -hmm. So, so this is, a, I think it's a 90 degree. Okay. Um, specifically, so when we were doing the, what was it? The Raspberry Pi camera one, mm. uh, we could have a nice little viewfinder, which we're not gonna need now with this tiny little monitor on there. Right. Uh, but to set up the screen and everything, you kind of need an mm -hmm. external screen and keyboard. Yeah. This keyboard we stock, right? This is a wireless yes. keyboard that we stock. Folks probably know this one, the RII, right? Yeah. I was using that really cool orange Cano one. Right. But there's no function keys on it. For oh, really? You couldn't do function keys? <laughs> what you're going to need to do to sell it, set up the Ulsa mixer to get right, the And it has a built-in mouse right here, the touch mouse. Yep. And uh, one dongle here. So that's nice. Mm -hmm. It's built-in Wi-Fi on your Pi 4, so no need for a Wi-Fi dongle. Welcome to 20 whatever. I feel like we need to have this all nice and so you can actually see it. Yeah, sure. There we go. Cool. Keep pointing and talking about stuff and you can't see it. <laughs> mm. So we have this. Uh, <laughs> Why is this honking speaker here? Yeah, so we tried the littler speakers, the Little uh, the ones that are in the stem. Yeah, the mini oval speaker. Yeah, the mini I'll oval ones. <laughs> and I attached, there's a left and right speaker. I attached them both and it was still too, uh, too low. So. Uh, one of these guys down with the gain at like 60% is pretty loud. So I definitely recommend that one. Yeah. And then just the placement, the reason why it's there is, you know, just not to obstruct any of that or any of this um, yeah. backside. Yeah, I know. It probably makes more sense to have this like facing the screen because mm -hmm. you are there looking at it's it. It's loud enough to hear um, though. Yeah. It's a form can change over it function like. on this one. Yeah. yeah. It kind of looks nice up there. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, this code and everything works with the with the HQ camera, right? Yeah, yeah. That's actually what I tested it on first. first. Right. There's no but need to modify code. No. I just recognize. The only it. thing that I didn't like about it is that you have to manually set your uh, f-stop and your focus on that. It's gonna be a little bit tricky with yes. the um, official uh, Pi. Well, lenses. I mean, you just see it and you just do this, right? Yeah, but then like the exposure changes and you oh, right. mess with the f-stop. <laughs> Even though it has its own like ISO, uh, it, it auto does the ISO, so it'll okay. try to so folks adjust the screen. So folks want to get this started and don't want to futz around with the ISO yeah, and yeah. stuff, go with the... This would be good if you're like, one. I don't know if you're doing like a beautiful time lapse if you need the high like quality, quality yeah. or something like that. You need more pixels, well, you know where to mm -hmm. go. Like if, uh, remember somebody came on the show and tell it was uh, doing like really cool time lapses of plants you know, that, that's what I would definitely use that for there. Not an open. Crossword puzzle. Crossword puzzle. <laughs> Laptop. I think the funniest one is with the... My hat. The sweet hat. What's wrong with my hat? for your uh, birthday. Yeah, thanks, Liz. <laughs> you put my it on. Hat, what does actually? it think it is? What is this thing? Let's see if it does it again. Ski mask. Ski mask, huh? Pickle hound. What? Pickle hound? <laughs> Well, it said cowboy hat last time. Did it really? Yeah. <laughs> Space cowboy. Now it doesn't know. Snail? <laughs> I'm a snail. All right, enough fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and jump into the learn guide to build your own because it's just so much fun to be able to get have the object being guessed wrong. Yeah, toilet seat. <laughs> I love it. All right, so check those out. I hope you all check it out. <laughs> Their BrainCraft is in stock right now, surprisingly. Yay. Hooray. Here it is. Ah, uh, come on. Since it's mostly just assembly, we can uh, sort of skip go. that one and let people uh, check that out on their own. Since yeah. we got like eight minutes left, let's go yeah, ahead let's, and let's jump into this going. week's Community Makes. Yeah, really quick. This last week we week. got a design from someone named Pedro Ruiz. No, first I'm gonna cover the one that okay. we missed. I think it was the I don't even know how to pronounce. Sorry, it. I don't Machina have the video. Cube. It's fine. It's okay. great. Wait, did, did I show this off already? 
So it's a great way to test your tolerances on your printer. Yeah, for sure. I it's love a this great thing. little puzzle game. It's a great fidget cube. Yeah. Uh, Toshina cube. something. Space Cowboy. <laughs> cool, and you printed it with like some color changing Yeah, filament. this is the rainbow filament. And again, yeah, this is really good uh, to check your tolerances on your printer. I didn't have to do any adjustments That's on that. Great. No mm -hmm. horizontal compensation. Uh, infinitely cool. folding. Yeah, infinitely folding. Abba. Super cool. Next thing is because the release of all the iPhones. Uh, we actually used the 12 Pro on all of the outdoor shots for the air yeah, quality sure. sensor and for this guy. The Suit. Kodak they're using now, the, is it Adobe? Kodak? Adobe, whatever, the 10-bit. H-E-I-C. H-D-I or H-D-R. It freaking looks phenomenal. When I went in there and did some color correction on there, the sky was blown out. I turned down the highlights on it and oh my God, there was data. I could see clouds. Holy crap. Um, so, of course, we got to print out our own custom uh, uh, cases for that. One of the goals, because of the design change on this, was I wanted to make sure that the iPhone could stand up again like the iPhone was the 4s and the 5s, and they had the nice flat round, or the nice flat edges, so you could just stand it up. I'm going to say effortless, effortlessly, but this, uh, I think table's this uh, table's at an angle. Yeah. <laughs> so to remedy that, uh, we have some cases that'll do a lot more better job on that there you go push some of this stuff back yeah put this over here and what i like is that it works on all angles too so both sides the tops and if your table is nice and level it even works on the bottom here Sweet. but yeah that's uh, one of my goals for that and this is for the 12 pro i did get a max as well just because of the the what is it the sensor shift that they have on that camera it's definitely going to be handy for walking around shots uh I think this is the best way to visualize the differences in the devices. <laughs> oh yeah, look at that. It fits right within there. Huh? And get the mini in there. Can you just a little bit of a... So yeah, I got my mom the mini and you can see the differences in that. dolling here. Yeah. <laughs> so for sure, it will work with the 12 and 12 Pro. Uh, what I have to go back and update when, because they don't get here till like Friday, uh, mm -hmm. the mini and the max, uh, I'm sure. I mean, the uh, the out, the, uh, what is it, the, the buttons and all that, I'm sure that's not correct. Um, I just had the sketches, uh, sketch dimensions, the same as how this is the dimensions for where the walls are for that. So I'll probably have to change that on both of these. So I will update these on Saturday. But uh, as we have now, these are what the uh, Apple developer site shows as the technical specifications for the dimensions of the phones. And it's what a lot of the case manufacturers use. So I'm just going with that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, we but, looked at it last week, remember? I had the PDF open. Oh, yeah, We yeah, were looking right. at the MagSafe connector. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm using it on my phone, so it works out pretty well. It's nice and still thin. Um, the grip is all right. I mean, you get these ridges here. We'll see how long it lasts, yeah. Mm -hmm. Drop it or whatever. But cool, good work. It's on um, Thingiverse. Probably be on some other sites soon. Yeah, Prusa and uh, okay. I think. Bulletproof vest. Bulletproof vest. <laughs> so folks can download that. We'll throw up the oh. source files too. So there's uh, two different styles of these. So we have the PLA model, which Hard plastic. of course was the whole goal was to have it to be able to stand up. And then we have the Ninja Flex one as well, which will not stand up. <laughs> Just because of the nature of Ninja Flex. And yeah, this is the TPE, uh, the 85A. TPU? TP, TPE? U? TPU is like the harder 95A. Oh. So this is the elastic stuff. Okay. Uh, so you do need a direct drive for that. And uh, Which printer did you print it on? This one was on the FlashForge Inventor. Did you need supports for the overhead? I did, yeah. So I added supports on there and they came out what? pretty good. Did y'all know you can use supports with NinjaFlex? Yeah. Yes, you can. And one of the things I Cut had to add, <laughs> one of the things I had to add was the top there, just so it has a a grip on oh, the Oh, without edges. that, yeah, you're it right. It does not work without these guys. Yeah, and there's no rigidity. Yeah, yeah, it just flops right off. Oh, that's funny. Now there is a version too that has the um, the MagSafe like circle on there. Yeah. I think I showed it off two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I did have to dual uh, extrude that with the magnetic iron that we have in the shop, and. Uh, it just wasn't worth it. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot easier to just have these lips on it and grab it. Yeah. Uh, the funny, metal actually makes it a little bit more heavy. heavier. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> heavier because there's medical part particles uh, in it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right, cool. Lots of phone cases. 
all around. If y'all got one, you can try out the, the case if you want. Or just print them out and play Russian doll. Yes. <laughs> all right, cool. There's Which, a, uh, I do have a video of that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I should have played it while we were talking. Um, yeah, so supports on the NinjaFlex one. Yeah, so I wanted to release this since uh, it used to be an iOS world and a lot of developers always like 3D printing what the uh, devices will look like, but they end up printing like, you know, a block, you know, just a rectangular block. And I think it's a lot more useful to print an actual case that you might be able to well, use on your phone once you, you need get it. it. <laughs> yeah, instead of wasting yeah, need it. a whole block. And because the developers are probably printing it at 100%. <laughs> All Definitely right, a nice. So oh, and uh, totally forgot. Uh, all Fusion 360. So there is a timeline with these. I have all these sketch dimensions on there, so you can actually adjust all of the sizes for this. So if uh, you want to make it a little bit more tighter, looser, depending on your tolerances, or you just want to change things around, you can just uh, go into the sketches, update the sizes, and everything should fit in size with it. Excellent. Or at least the link for that as well. All right. Cool, we made it to the show. We filled it yeah. up. I thought we were going to go in overtime, but we got Just another thing we'll talk about next week. Just a little ad. All right, so tonight we hope to see you folks. We invite you to join the show and tell every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can hang out in the Discord chat room, the live broadcast chat room, when PT will uh, post a link to the stream yard so folks can join in. Um, so, yeah, please be a little bit early, like 7.25-ish is when we'll drop that. And then uh, it runs for half an hour, and then at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, <laughs> Lamar and Phil uh, will will do a uh, will do a live show as well for an hour or so long. Uh, Circuit Python on hardware, new products, top secret stuff, and you get to ask an engineer at the end of the show. That's uh, that's how we do it. Every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, don't forget. Um, the full lineup of shows starts with Lady Ada on Sundays around 9 p.m. Lemar does um, Where in the World is That Part I Need? From DigiKey. You can find it on DigiKey. So the great search from DigiKey. Um, uh, there's actually a couple us. of segments. It's what she's working on, what she's prototyping, and the great search. So definitely uh, subscribe so you can see when those are released. This week was right-angled buttons, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. She talks about why she needed to make the solder pads bigger. Yep. And then uh, JP's on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, PT Time. Um, product pick of the week. Yes. So you can get a live um, stream on huge discounts. Yeah. Mega major discounts. Uh -huh. I mean, it's, it's just black, man. Like, <laughs> But we'll definitely check out uh, you are JP's periodic pick of the week. Cast mask, bulletproof vest. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> We're getting ready for a hurricane. Every Wednesday at um, what time? 11 a.m. Eastern time. We do the show. Yep. Unless someone's giving birth. Unless there's a baby, there's a birthday, there's baby birth being worked on. Her what else? <laughs> Something's just because we're just celebrating. We're like, ah, we're done for the week. <laughs> yeah, um, I did that one already. And then JP does another show um, on Thursdays at 4 p.m. JP's workshop. Yes. Definitely check him out. And tomorrow, I think he's going to be working on the brand new MagTag. Yeah, I'm oh, looking forward to getting to get that today. So freaking cool. Yeah. Deep Dive with Scott's every Friday at 2 p.m. Mm -hmm. Get an insight. He was doing um, live uh, coding on the Magpie firmware. MagTag. MagTag. And right during his show is when a bunch came in stock. So you definitely want to make yeah. sure you're watching That's that. That's great. So you'll uh, nice little uh, backup plan to the notify me. Uh, yep. since, since sometimes it could be a little bit late. Or for you sure. can just leave the tab open for the new product page and just refresh like madmen until yeah. they are back. Yes. <laughs> So there you go. Um, I can't show that too long because like our connection dies every time I show. I think it. it's because it's uh, what did you say? It was eight k. No, <laughs> that's really that's why. Whatever. There's a quick look the at it before we thing, get yeah. cut. And <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Hope to see you on the show until tonight and throughout the week. Um, yeah. Don't forget to follow us on all of the socials where we post all the behind the scenes. Sure. And don't forget to make, make a, a great, great day. day. Bye, folks. Night. See you tonight.